Hey, I'm Jan. And I'm Jared. And we're both librarians at Manhattan Public Library. Welcome to the Read MHK podcast. Read MHK is a community-wide reading program aimed at building connections through books and sharing experiences with each other. Each month, we speak with a local community member, talk about books based on a theme, and offer reading suggestions. This month's theme, Hispanic and Latinx Authors, was inspired by National Hispanic Heritage Month, which goes from September 15th to October 15th. This observance began in 1968 as Hispanic Heritage Week and was expanded to 30 days in 1988. This period corresponds with mid-September Independence Day celebrations in several Latin American countries, as well as Dia de la Raza on October 12th, viewed by many as a celebration of Native peoples and cultures and the resistance to European explorers. There are no shortage of books by Hispanic and Latinx authors for whatever mood you might be in, from the Nobel Prize-winning works of Chilean poet Pablo Neruda and Peruvian writer Mario Vargas Llosa, to the nonfiction migrant experiences captured in Enrique's Journey by Sonia Nasario and The Beast by Oscar Martinez. There are also the New York Times bestseller Cemetery Boys by Aidan Thomas, the Pura Belpre award-winning We Are Not From Here by Jenny Torres Sanchez, and the multi-award-winning The Poet X by Elizabeth Alcevedo if you like young adult novels, or the numerous stories by Pat Mora, Monica Brown, and Pam Munio-Ryan if you're looking for children's books. All of these and more can be found here at the Manhattan Public Library or your local library. Our guest today is Elsa Valarezzo, an instructor for the adult education program at Manhattan Area Technical College. Elsa is a full-time language instructor, interpreter, and translator with 20 years of professional experience teaching students English as a second language, and her students say she is very good at this. She holds a Bachelor of Arts in Languages and Linguistics from Universidad de Guayaquil in Ecuador and a Master of Science in Curriculum and Instruction in English from Kansas State University. Her first experience to the Manhattan community was through volunteering at the Manhattan Public Library in 2017, and she was also part of the Talk 20 program in 2019 with the topic Being an Immigrant in the Little Apple. Elsa was born in Ecuador, and she migrated to the U.S. at the young age of 35. When she's not working, she likes to go for walks, spend some time gardening, sitting on the sun, and spending time outdoors. Do you... Is it like neighborhood walks or Kanza? I do what I can with the time that I have. So I will go to Tuttle Creek when there's enough time or go for a walk around the neighborhood when I just have 30 minutes. And the first book Elsa remembers reading as a child is? The Little Matchmaker. It is a sad story about a little girl who has matches. She's selling matches. And I can remember to this day being probably four or five years old and reading this story and being very sad. It is a sad one. It is a very sad story. Yes. (laughs) I have not read it. This description makes me a little hesitant to read it, but (laughs) maybe when I'm feeling sad. And it's it's a children's book. Children's books are sometimes some of the saddest books out there. I mean, if you look at children's literature and then children's movies, you know, we've got Bambi and Dumbo and all of those things, which, you know, are tearjerkers. Can you tell us a favorite memory you have relating to books and or libraries? Well, 
I'm the youngest of five. Every night for bedtime, my oldest sister would read to me. We had an encyclopedia at home with lots of stories and tales from around the world. It was fascinating, and I remember starting reading very young. At home, we had a bookshelf with encyclopedias and books that my mother would buy for us in an effort to motivate us to read. So I spent my childhood sitting next to this bookshelf. My siblings were much older than me, so books were my friends. I called Gabriel Garcia Marquez my babysitter. Also, my uncle, Heraldo Valareso, is an Ecuadorian writer. He has published several books about traditions from their homeland. It has helped me learn about my family's history and heritage. And it has made me very proud to be part of my family and to be Ecuadorian. Oh, that's really wonderful. That's quite a story. I think a lot of people can relate to the first part of, of having older siblings to to read to. So that's that's a nice one. And then super added bonus of an uncle who's a writer. <laughs> right? Very cool. <laughs> if you had to be trapped in the world of a book, what book would you choose? Well, one of my favorite books is Gabriel Garcia Marquez, 100 Years of Solitude. If I had to be trapped in a world... I would love to be in Macondo, the fictional Colombian town from the book where magic realism happens. I think Macondo is a great place with great parties and fascinating people. I would like to meet all of them. I think from your description, I'm going to have to go and read that one. That might be next on my list. <laughs> yes, it is a long book. It is confusing, but you are going to love it if okay. you're into magic realism. Oh, yes, absolutely. Wonderful. A fun question. Do you judge a book by its cover? Never. I usually browse a book and I read random pages to feel attracted or not. I just started Morir de Amor, which is an anthology of quote-unquote love stories. The cover does not tell you much, but oh, the stories have kept me glued to my seat. Oh, that's great, because it's a little bit different than our last conversation where Tara had said that she totally judges a book by the cover. And I, and I think it can totally go both ways. So, okay. Yeah. I like that cover, though. I think that's, uh, maybe we can try and find a, a picture and post it with that. Sure. I, I think that's a nice cover. It is a nice cover, but I think what's inside, it's even more attractive. It doesn't do it justice. Exactly. Okay. Okay. I'll occasionally get sucked in by titles. I go back and forth between either a title grabbing me or the cover art, but it is true that a lot of times, I think Tara mentioned it as well, that the title or cover can be a lie just to drag you in and then a bait and switch in a way. So I think your approach might be a little safer because you know by glancing through it whether or not it's going to be good. Definitely, yes. What role do books or stories play in bringing a community together or even creating a community? Well, I come from a Latin American country where oral stories, especially folk stories, shape local communities. The power of storytelling is shared with the younger generations in an effort to pass our values and our cultural identity. I love that. So would that be like a sitting around the dinner table? I kind of visualize 
you know, dad sitting in a rocking chair or something and kids sitting on the floor and listening. Yes, to a degree in some families, you can find that. There are also local efforts from the cities to create events where you have oral storytellers and they are sharing the stories and it's aimed for children to get motivated to keep reading and keep feeding from these oral stories that are very valuable to understand our culture and our identity. That is really nice. I really love that. That's great. Sounds fantastic. Do you know if there's an effort to record these oral traditions, not just in writing, but actually audio, so you can still get the benefit of that oral story? I think there will probably be use of technology in the future. I think some of these efforts are made locally by small libraries, small bookstores. They're trying to do that with languages that are dying out. They're trying to capture them on audio. Yes. So that even when no one speaks those languages anymore, we'll be able to look back. And it seems like that would make sense to have that with oral traditions that are in a language that we still speak and will probably speak forever. But those stories, being able to capture them, I think is a good idea. Yes. And one of the last things I saw about oral traditions was um, they made a movie with an anthology of small short stories, uh, folk stories. Um, I haven't watched the movie yet, but I think it was fantastic because it will say stories such as La Dama de Negro, which is uh, one of Ecuadorian's folk stories of a woman who's walking on the streets of Guayaquil and she's all covered, and gentlemen will go after her, and they will get close to her, and just close enough for her to turn around and show, in reality, she's a ghost, and she's showing you her skulls and her bones. So thinking that there is a movie with that story, oh, I want to watch it. <laughs> that does sound really good mm -hmm. and really, really kind of horrifying yes. <laughs> at the same time. It's October. Of course. <laughs> it's perfect. It's perfect. Okay. Our theme this month for Read MHK are novels, stories by Hispanic or Latinx authors. What is your favorite novel or story by a Hispanic or Latinx author? There is a special place in my heart for a book called El País de Manuelito, or Little Manuel's Country, by Ecuadorian author Alfonso Barrera Valverde. The book tells the epic adventure of an Ecuadorian indigenous orphan boy called Manuel. He leaves home very young, and he visits different towns and cities around Ecuador. Each place has its own folk tales and stories, and I love this book because to me, it is the best Ecuadorian travel guide narrated for children. I also read Poeta Chileno by Alejandro Zambra recently. I am obsessed with Chile. I have never been in the country, but reading this book made me feel like I was walking in the streets of Santiago de Chile. This story was also engaging to me because the main character becomes a stepfather and I myself am a stepmother. So many of the thoughts and reservations that the main character had as a stepfather 
I've also have them. Oh, that's great. I love when you can take what's in the story and relate it to your own life. And I think that's kind of what we're trying to do with all of Read MHK is find those little bits that we can relate to. So even if it's from something from a completely different country that we don't know the lifestyle, but then there is that little connection that we can build on and say, okay, you know, we all have these things in our lives, families, work, life, all of that. And we can find the connections there. So I think that's great. Yes. And on an additional note, as a Spanish speaker, the language that we speak in Ecuador and the Spanish that they speak in Chile can sometimes be a very different, if I can say. So reading a Chilean author uh, helped me learn new dialect, new words that are used in Chile, uh, names of food that I would love to try now. Ooh, yes. Yes. <laughs> so I think that on a language and on a social level, reading these Spanish books help us understand a little bit more of the land that, <laughs> that we don't know. Absolutely. Absolutely. As an ESL instructor and non-native speaker yourself, what types of books or stories do you suggest for learning or practicing English? I always suggest my ESL students to practice reading with children books. If your first language is Spanish, I absolutely recommend books by Yuji Morales. Her stories are written in English and Spanish. Their stories are very easy to understand, and they tell some of the folk stories from Mexico. Young adult books are also helpful for developing reading skills in English. Uh, last year, we read Wonder by R.J. Palacio in our ESL program. And I also read recently, They Call Me Guero by David Bowles. I just love books that are written in two languages. That's great. My youngest child is learning Spanish and in their third year of Spanish. And this summer, they chose some children's books. Since down in our collection, we do have a really great collection of Spanish yes, you do. language children's books. So they chose some of their favorite titles from the English versions that they knew. And they said that that really, really helped them learn the Spanish language, and now they are trying to teach me as well. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> and as someone trying to learn French, we recently, my wife and I brought back a lot of the children's books she had as a child. Aww. And that's a little boost when you can pick up a book and kind of read it, even if it is four words on a page, it still feels like you've learned something. Yes, I remember on one of my mom's trips to the United States, she brought me a book that was, it was a children's book. It was written in English. And I remember not being able to read it, but I would just browse and look at the pages because the story, the, uh, the pictures themselves were telling me what was happening and I could tell uh, what was the story. And with the years, I was able to get some more words and get some more meaning out of the story. So reading in a target language is difficult, but just like I tell my students, it is difficult, but it's not impossible. There's nothing impossible when you're learning a language. Remember that, Jared, <laughs> during your French lessons. Yes. When I am struggling, I can remember that 
it is possible. It is possible, absolutely. Mm -hmm. My child will test me on questions. And while they are studying, then I go ahead and I'm like, I remember a little bit from my high school Spanish, so I can pick up a few words, but I realize that I've got a long ways to go, but they're actually a pretty good teacher. Nice. Mm -hmm. nice. We will have a book discussion with Elsa in October, so please check out our events calendar. And we also have another fun book discussion that is coming up in October on October 13th. And it is through KSU English Department. And we will be talking about the books by Viet Thanh Nguyen. And he is going to be zooming in at K-State on the 22nd. So we're going to kind of get a little bit of information about him beforehand. Awesome. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for doing this, Elsa. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. If you'd like to learn more about Read MHK or sign up for the program, you can go to our website, mhklibrary.org. There you can find book suggestions based on each month's themes, log the books you've read for the month, and find information on upcoming programs. And if you'd like to contact us, send an email to refstaff at mhklibrary.org. Thanks for listening.